As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Is there a big revolution about to start in healthcare? Well, we think yes, and we saw it thanks to a directive by President Trump that requires hospital transparency when it comes to patient billing. Now, even if you're not a fan of this president, you need to hear this podcast because we think this is game changing when it comes to your healthcare and healthcare cost. We will speak to the doctor who spoke at the White House with the president about this executive order. Her name is Dr. Elena George, and you will hear from her in a moment. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Healthcare Secrets Podcast. John Daly here, along with Judd Anglin, the author of the book, The Big Book of Healthcare Secrets. So the executive order forces hospitals and payers to release information based on their privately negotiated rates. Plus, providers would have to give patients estimates of their out-of-pocket costs before a procedure is done. Now, Judd, this is kind of what our show is all about. People taking control of their health care, not allowing corporate America to do it for them. Give me your quick thoughts before we hear from Elena George. Yeah, that's right, John. Um, the, the big idea and something that you and I are both very supportive of is simply removing all the big corporate fat cats and uh, political bureaucrats out from between the doctor and the patient and letting the doctor treat their patients one on one. So I'm excited about what's going on here. All right. Well, let's hear from Elena George. Elena is an ear, nose, and throat specialist in Atlanta. Her book, her book is one we recommend. It is Big Medicine, The Cost of Corporate Control, and how doctors and patients working together can rebuild a better system. All right. So, Elena, thank you so much for, for coming on. I really appreciate you being here. It's a pleasure to be back with you, John. As always. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, Elena, give me your your explanation of what the president's executive order really is. Well, it's actually a big move that pushes the needle back towards the doctor and patient. I think we've lost sight of what really counts in healthcare, and it's been corporatized. It's been moved in a direction that. The, the big medicine crowd, you know, whether that's the hospitals, insurance companies, um, big pharma, they've been driving the train with evidence-based medicine, with the loss of independent practices. We used to be 60% of the doctors in practice. Now, independent doctors that are freestanding are down to 30%. And a lot of doctors have left the profession or they've sold their practices to hospitals. And we were promised, as you remember, that everything was mm -hmm. going to be accessible, reasonably in terms of price, reasonable cost. That's not happened. I think access has dropped. Price has gone up. 
everybody's miserable, the patients are paying more out of pocket. And the bottom line is there's a big problem with price transparency. Mm-hmm. We've now developed a two-tier system. If you go to a doctor that's freestanding, independent, it is a fraction of what it costs to go to a doctor who sold their practice to the hospital or you end up in a hospital-based system. And it's not right for the same service. And this this executive order exposes that so that patients can become consumers. I don't care what you're talking about, whether it's Costco or, you know, uh, shopping for TVs. If anybody knows what the price is, then they can become an informed consumer and they can make a conscious choice. Now we're, we're applying that to healthcare for the first time ever, and it's huge. And, and this is really more for the non-emergency or the elective type procedures, correct? Because when, when we're talking emergency, it, sometimes it's your money or your life. So, sure. so this, this is going to be for, um, you know, whether I, I, I want to go get a hip replacement or a knee replacement, I can kind of go around. I don't need to have something done emergency wise right there. Or, you know, I'm going to Elena because I've got some problems with, uh, you know, my, my nose or my ears or something mm-hmm. like that. I can look at, see what you're offering and then go see what somebody else is offering. And, and that's how you get that consumer base so that we start bringing prices down. Exactly. Um, it can actually be morphed into people who need urgent care. So we're not talking about heart attack, chest pain, and, you know, stroke. We're talking about people who, yeah, maybe they did hurt themselves playing, you know, weekend warrior stuff. But mm-hmm. they can actually look online instead of ending up in the main hospital in their emergency room where it could be 10 or 15 times more money. They can now shop in their own community and find an urgent care. Here in Atlanta, for example, we have an urgent care center that's run by emergency room physicians. And they are the front line. And they have a flat $135 fee that includes an x-ray, the doctor visit. Which one would you pick? Would you pick that Mm -hmm. where ER trained doctor, board certified is going to take care of you? Or are you going to go into a hospital-based system where you have no idea? You have to have the service to find out the cost. That ends in about 180 days, which is great. Okay. So give me Give me kind of the 30,000 foot level. And I, I, I know I want to talk about what the eventual outcomes are going to be. Mm-hmm. On a 30,000 foot level, once this goes into effect, what's that going to do? I think the big picture is the middlemen, the, the interests that have aligned themselves against the doctor and the patient will become accountable. And I think they're going to be pushed out, which is fabulous. For example, in a hospital, there's a 16 to 1 administrator to doctor ratio. The administrators don't provide care. They don't do anything except jack the price up. Well, now the hospitals won't have, uh, you know, the, the pressure will be to get rid of that layer. Because once you announce your, your prices, nothing's hidden. You can't jack it up and then have this layer that you're paying. Because that money didn't go to patient care. It went to administrative um, the, the administrative. Uh, set. And now you're not going to be making as much money, and you shouldn't. And these facility fees, for example, that the hospitals charge, nobody knows what they are, how they arrive at the number, nobody questions it. Well, now when that pops up in a hospital and the hospital two blocks down is a fraction, they're going to have to account for that. So in my opinion, we're going to be removing a lot of middlemen and that layer that adds cost, that adds bureaucracy, 
but has nothing to do with patient care, they're going to be gone. And I think physicians, which have felt an extreme pressure in order to stay open, to make compromises, to sell their practices, they're now going to be in a position where they can leave that system and start opening their own private practices again, which by definition will improve competition, decrease prices, increase access. It, it's almost like income inequality for the uh, for the healthcare field. Uh, so you start you, you start getting uh, a broadening of of the uh, of the economy in that industry. You, you you mentioned to Judd, I think before you said that this is like a wrecking ball to the entire health insurance system. And already today, we're seeing healthcare stocks they they took a hit. What do you think is going to happen uh, from your point of view? for the average patient. So the average patient that goes in, whether they go to you for ear, nose, and throat, or whether they're just going to go to their doctor because they're not feeling good, are they going to see something different uh, for themselves? Uh, will there be different pricing structure? What, what do you think is going to happen? We're now going to see a leveling of the playing field where the real cost of healthcare, of delivery of healthcare, will now come to the forefront. Let me give you an example. I'm a surgeon. If I do a tonsillectomy on a self-pay patient in an outpatient surgery center, it's $3,400. That's for my fee, that's for the anesthesia, that's for the OR. If I take that exact same patient who has insurance and take them to the main hospital, that's about $9,000. I don't make, actually, I make less going mm -hmm. to the hospital. You know, I'm not the person that's, that the price is being jacked up on. It's the hospital, facility fees, everything they charge for every aspirin, every needle, everything that's gone in to the delivery of that care, they get to, you know, pad the price all along. So if patients know that they can see me and and get excellent care, but they don't have to pay as much, which one would they pick? I mean, this is what I've been trying to say this, and I think most independent doctors have been trying to say this for years. But we didn't have a platform. I mean, it, everybody who walks in our office knows the price of something before they have a service done. That's how we do business. But now the hospitals will be forced to do that as well. And they're going to have to account for why it's 10 times more, 15 times more, with the same doctor, the same procedure, the same equipment. Why is it more money? And that's where the, the transparency comes in. It's like shining a light on this problem and you can't get away with it when people are looking at what you're doing and you have to justify it. We are talking to Dr. Elena George. She is a ear, nose, and throat specialist in Atlanta. Her book is one we recommend. It is Big Medicine, The Cost of Corporate Control and How Doctors and Patients Working Together Can Rebuild a Better System. She spoke at the White House gathering the other day when President Trump announced this executive order forcing hospitals to post, post their pricing for all hospital procedures. Her website is drelenageorge.com, which is dr. Elena was spelt with an e, George.com. Elena, let me let me ask you this, because uh, or let me let me give you a quick observation. I was in Malaysia uh, about a year ago, and we were going to do something on medical tourism. And what I noticed in the hospitals there, on the walls, are posted all the prices. Mm -hmm. So you know when you walk in there, and it's required by the Malaysian government for them to do that. And, and a lot of times it's also going to be that you have to 
you have to give the same price for whatever the procedure is. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, that's, that's a little bit more on, okay, maybe that's a little bit more on the socialistic side, even though they're not a socialistic uh, society there. But at the same time too, it still gives you the chance. Okay. I'm going to pay this for that. Okay. But I want to go check out and make sure Dr. A is mm -hmm. as good as Dr. B or Dr. C. Uh, are we going to see anything like that? That's what I want. That's what I hope. It's not about price control in this classic sense of you can only charge X for mm -hmm. a procedure. I think that's that's inappropriate. It should be free market. So if I went to the best medical schools and I am the best trained and I feel that my value is X, then I want to get that. And if doctor next door to me wants to charge less, then the patient should have a choice of, of choosing which one they go to. I don't believe in everybody, you know, how low can you go? Because that doesn't promote competition, that promotes drudgery and that's mm -hmm. slavery. So I'm not interested in that. And patients should be able, some people want to pay more because they think it's more value. All sorts of things can go on, but it should be patient driven. Let me tell you, if the patients decide they want to see someone who's going to be a fraction of the cost of, of your practice in their next door, you have a choice. You move mm -hmm. or you drop your price. But right. that other person, is probably not. I mean, the insurance companies are really interesting about this. They they claim that if patients know what the cost is, I'm sorry, if the hospitals list their prices, then the prices will naturally go up. I mean, that's completely counter to any market, you mm -hmm. know, that I've ever experienced. And I don't believe that's true. Prices always drop when there's competition. So I want this to be a, a completely free market, not being run by the government in any way. Let me let me play a, a tiny devil's advocate here, because uh, is is because I want to ask, could this possibly cause a little bit too much chaos at first? And my first thought was when I read the executive order, and I was excited about it. Yet at the same time, too, I think it needs more reform measures surrounding it to make it an easier transition. Are we headed to maybe uh, some chaos here uh, in the beginning because it's just this one? Uh, order that came out and we may need more? What are your thoughts on that? I think the only chaos that's really going to happen is going to be on the corporate hospital and mm -hmm. insurance side, not on, not in the real world. You know, doctors have already, those of us that have left the um, insurance market and have gone on our own has have been doing things that have been revolutionary for years now, whether that's direct primary practice where people pay a flat fee usually $60 for an individual, about 120 for a family of four, and the doctor and the patient have a direct relationship. No money changes hands past that point, and the people are able to see their doctor and cost doesn't come into, into effect. Or the medical cost-sharing model, like um, you know the Christian-sharing ministries, Liberty HealthShare comes to mind, and Sidera is new. These are things where people can associate and pay for their, you know, group their or pull their money together and pay for their own healthcare needs. The bottom line is the people who access healthcare using cash pay a fraction compared to those who access it through the insurance model. And that is the best kept secret. I've been talking about it for years and people still can't believe it when I tell them it'll cost you $250 for a CT if you pay cash versus 2000 if you go to the hospital. They still can't get their minds around it. But when they mm -hmm. see that in print, they'll get their minds around it pretty fast. So we, we should also say, I mean, you, you, you still do work with Liberty HealthShare. Is that correct? I do. Okay. And I'm a member of Liberty HealthShare, just so we're upfront. 
and, and letting people know that. Do, do you foresee this helping medical cost sharing and hurting the health insurance industry? I think there should be choice, right? So I don't believe that if one entity wins, the other loses. I think mm -hmm. the patient wins when they have all options on the table. And the fact that the the executive order expands health savings accounts and, and health um, reimbursement accounts to be used for medical cost sharing and direct primary care is a huge game changer. I've always complained of the fact that people have to use their own money in a way that the insurance companies get to decide what your access should be. I, I've always thought that was completely wrong. If it's your money, you should be able to have whatever service you want. And as it stands now, if the insurance company doesn't approve it, doesn't pre-certify it, you cannot use your own money to have the service anyway. That's completely you know, wrong. And now that the executive order opens that up to direct primary care, to health saving, to um, medical cost sharing, just imagine holistic care. All anything that you deem necessary medically will now be covered, and you don't have to beg for it anymore. That's huge. Um, I want you to talk to the mindset of, of the patient. And uh, let me preface it by saying that <clears throat> being a member of Liberty HealthShare, I, I enjoy the fact that we care about other people's bills because we're sharing them. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think a good portion of members do that. Um, I, I sometimes get the feeling, though, um, that uh, that a, a number of members, whether it's Liberty HealthShare or other medical cost sharing, they still look at it as cheap insurance. So they may not be as diligent about I care about your bills and I care about mine. I'm going to make sure, uh, you know, I'm I'm going to go to the right doctor. I'm not going to go to somebody that's going to try to gouge us or something like right. that. Um, so I still think that there's a, a portion of of most people that are just give me something cheap. That's what I'm looking for. And I don't think, I don't, I think uh, that's part of our problem in America is that we don't have people that are diligent, that pay attention to the inner workings of what's going on in healthcare. So that being said, what should the, what should the average person be thinking about or looking for now that might be different than before this presidential directive? Well, you know, I think the, the healthcare market has changed for the patient. Prior to the Affordable Care Act, you know, I don't think people had a lot of skin in the game. It was mostly co-pays, mm -hmm. very little deductibles. 90% of the people that walk in my office now have a deductible, and the minimum is about 500, and I've seen 20,000, actually, as yep. a deductible and coinsurance. So they're not insulated anymore, and it's in their interest now to, to actually know what the cost is so they're not paying more than they should because they're paying it. It's not the insurance company anymore. They're literally on the hook for thousands before the insurance company kicks in the first dime. So I think in a, in a kind of peculiar way, the Affordable Care Act has awakened the patient base and they're now becoming consumers, but they never had a place to shop. They couldn't go to the, to the hospital and say, how much is the CT? Because they were told, you have to have it, then we'll bill you. You know, that's ridiculous. So now that they don't have to work so hard, I think they're really going to be able to be they do it for everything else. This is just mm -hmm. one other thing they'll be doing it for and save thousands of dollars, save their bottom line, not be put in bankruptcy. And let's say you didn't want to shop. If the price drops across the board, everybody wins. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, 
anything different? Uh, did this has this changed anything for like health savings accounts? Well, they can be used for everything for things outside of insurance, which has always been one of the, the major drawbacks because it was always linked to the insurance plans. Mm -hmm. Now it's not. So, so you can you, you can, can still have those dollars that, that yeah. are are pre tax dollars that then can be used for other medical things that you want. They don't have to be connected to the insurance. Correct. And they can be used for novel medical delivery systems like direct primary care and medical cost sharing, which never could be used before. You had to have them separate from your insurance plan. So basically you had to, you know, kind of double dip or or, mm -hmm. or use money that you had to save and you couldn't use the money that you already had socked away. It didn't make any any sense at all, actually. I think patients should be treated like adults. They can make their own decisions. And they need to be given the, the freedom to do that. I think, you know, for some people, you're right. It may be a little scary at first, but when they find out that I'm not going to have to pay thousands, I think the fear factor drops dramatically. And you really can keep your doctor. And you really can be seen in a timely way. That's what's going to be happening as this unfolds. My my wish and hope is, is that, you know, we're, we're actually giving people more freedom. I just hope with that freedom, they take the responsibility as well. They, they, they take it on an equal basis um, so that we can see drops in um, in the overall healthcare, just if you can, just briefly, and this is this is a little bit kind of going back. Um, and you and I have talked about this before. I know I've talked to uh, Dr. Wayne Dysinger out at uh, Loma Linda Hospital about direct primary care. He says all the research talks about that 90% of what ails us as a country can be cured or controlled by lifestyle changes. In other words, mm -hmm. we don't need medicine and stuff like. That. Talk about how that is so important to what this presidential directive gave us? Well, they actually carve in preventative care that are, that's pre-deductible. So again, that um, the support to go to the physician to get care, to get tested and, and find things out before they become a problem, money is not an object with it because it doesn't engage your deductible. So they really do a lot to try to encourage people to get out there and become you know, conscious patients and not let money be the thing that stops them from doing it. Um, I think he's absolutely right. Most of the diseases are lifestyle and nutritionally based. And I think we need to have a, a changing in our mindset about prevention. We need to take the forefront. And it means you have to make conscious decisions about what you're going to put in your mouth. And I don't believe a drug is the first thing that people should be grabbing anymore. And I think a lot of my patients feel that way. The government needs to catch up with that. And I'm, you know, this is the first step because when people are able to have a direct relationship with their doctor, not spend seven minutes, but get to spend quality time, you have the time to actually educate your patients and be a team and not just write a prescription and walk out the door. So there's a lot of dominoes that that will be righted as this unfolds. I mean, there's one thing that's an unintended consequence, perhaps, and I think it, it's an outlier right now, and I think we're going to have to to discuss it down the road, and that's the surprise billing. And surprise billing mm -hmm. is part of this executive order. They, they want to get rid of surprise billing, but it's not the out-of-network physicians that are causing the, the billing issue. It's the hospitals. And I don't believe that we, again, if you want to hold people hostage by making everybody take the same fee, no matter where they are across the country, that's not going to work. And it would be very unhappy doctors and patients if that mm -hmm. happens. 
So they really need to have some some rules written into place to to be a little bit more knowledgeable because it's a complex situation. But it's necessary that doctors not be forced to take insurance. You know, that's where it would be going, and that'd be single payer from a backdoor way, and that's not going to work either. We are talking to Dr. Elena George. Elena is an ear, nose, and throat specialist in Atlanta. Her book is one that we recommend. It is Big Medicine, The Cost of Corporate Control and How Doctors and Patients Working Together Can Rebuild a Better System. And I think we're actually maybe seeing a little bit of that of what you're talking about there. All right. Um, Elena, thank you so much. I, I, you know, I, I, when I hear you say this is going to be a game changer, I, I needed I needed to talk to you, and Judd and I needed to uh, to hear what you were what you're going to say. And just just real quickly, do you re- do you think this is a game changer? And then in the next six months, we're going to see a different healthcare system. We're going to see the 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 beginnings, the 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 flowering of healthcare as we all have wanted it, which is doctor patient centered, cost controlled in a free market manner, and patients will actually be able to spend time. This is the most important thing, John. It's about time. Right now, doctors spend seven minutes on average with their patient. That's going to stop, and there'll be time for patients to ask questions, come in and get more than one thing treated at the same time. (laughs) I mean, all the things Mm -hmm. that have gone on that's made it a a cookie-cutter, conveyor belt system, it's going to stop. And the people like myself who love what we do, who practice Hippocratic Oath-driven medicine, will finally be able to get our what we do out there because we've been hidden and we're the best kept secret. And we, with our patients, will put pressure on the system to get better because our patients are going to want to come to us like they do now. They're going to tell their colleagues and their friends about us. And we're going to take business from the hospitals in, in for real this time unless they make a change. Elena, thank you very much. My pleasure. And is it okay if I mention my podcast? I have a, a radio show called Medicine on Call, and people, I welcome them to come and listen because we talk to people who are on the front line who never get a voice. I am so sorry I didn't mention it. Yeah, no, definitely mention it, and because I've mentioned your website, is is it on your website too? It is actually. Um, the podcasts upload on the website when uh, they go into um, into syndication, so they can go to one spot and see that. And also, if they want to buy the book, they can buy it there as well. Okay. Can you, uh, so give us the name of the podcast again. It's called Medicine on Call, Living in the Solution. And you can go to my website, drelanageorge.com, D-R-E-L-A-I-N-A, George, like the man's name, .com. All right. Elena, thank you very much. Thank you. It's a pleasure. And that was Dr. Elena George. Elena is an ear, nose, and throat specialist in Atlanta. Her book is Big Medicine, The Cost of Corporate Control and How Doctors and Patients Working Together Can Rebuild a better system. Her website is drelanageorge.com. It's D-R-E-L-A-I-N-A, george.com. Her podcast on that website is Medicine on Call. You can listen to that. Now back here with Judd. So Judd, your takeaway from that discussion with Elena. Uh, I tell you, um, it, it was such a pleasure to, to hear her talk about the, the individual patient. She really takes it to the individual level. Removing the power, you know, top down from the big insurance companies, big hospitals, all the administrators. And she totally sides with the individual patient in, when it comes to making a decision about their own health care. 
And I'm just, uh, I think this is a great uh, first step in actually bringing pricing to the system because that's the problem with, with healthcare is without listing a price, um, hospitals can literally charge anything and we know they do because they look at it like insurance is paying the bill. So this will remove that and as Elena alluded to, it will remove um, all the administrators and bureaucrats out from, uh, you know, uh, from between the healthcare providers and the individual uh, patient. So let me ask you this. Do, do you think, and, and this is one of the things we asked her was, do you think there's massive upheaval about to happen or is this going to be something that will kind of move into a better paradigm for the consumer? Or what, what, should, we, what should we think about based on what you're thinking and your expertise tells you? Yeah, I think there will be a lot of pain and upheaval. And, um, you know, it's going to be, keep in mind, they've never had pricing in the system. And we're talking about one of the largest uh, economic systems in our country, right? And so now they have to make massive changes and actually bring prices. But here's the thing. We saw that with Obamacare too, right? Think about that. When Obamacare came down with the Affordable Care Act, boom, the healthcare industry they had to make all these changes very quickly, and they did. Uh, and I was I was surprised by that. Actually, I thought, wow, you know, uh, a president can have that much power to make these changes, and you see this massive industry start making all these changes. So I think that's what's going to uh, uh, transpire here. That it will happen. It will be painful, but there will be a massive movement afoot of bringing pricing back into the system. Now, this to me ties into your book, uh, The Big Book of Healthcare Secrets, because you talk about ways that really kind of this directive and what Elaine is talking about, about how to find lower cost and really good healthcare. For instance, we talk about the Oklahoma Surgical Center. Talk, talk about that, how it ties into your book. Yeah, that's absolutely right, John. This, that's been my focus uh, for about 15 years now, is finding loopholes and finding uh, secrets that uh, you know most people don't know about that you can get a price of healthcare very quickly. Um, and you mentioned the Surgical Center of Oklahoma. We've talked about them on our podcast show. Um, they operate in a free market environment where they're cash paid. They don't work with insurance companies. So because they do that, you can actually go to their website and look at the pricing tab and find the price of you know all, all the different procedures that you're looking for. And those are bundle prices. They include everything, even the OR. So that was a great solution. Now, obviously, you'd have to be a medical tourist if you live in New York or somewhere else. You'd have to fly to Oklahoma. Uh, but you you know if you have a huge deductible that's twelve, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars, it might be worth it to pack your bags and fly to Oklahoma City and have that procedure done because it's it's much more affordable because they're not paying all the big administrative costs that Elena alluded to. Um, so that's one. There's also a website called um, healthcarebluebook.com. You can go there, and I, I'm always surprised how few people know about this. You can go there, and you can search in your local area, and you can find any hospital um, and find the negotiated price that insurance companies have with those hospitals. You know, so for example, I live in Maryland. I can go find a, a hospital uh, in Baltimore um, 
in uh, Kelly, our healthcare blue book. And let's say I, I need a, a knee replacement. I can look it up and say, oh, I see that, uh, you know, these insurance companies have negotiated a rate of $20,000. So when I call that hospital, I can see, hey, I see that your uh, the healthcare blue book price or cost that insurance companies pay is 20000 Can you Can you do that for me? And, um, you know, oftentimes they do. So there's all kinds of strategies. Of course, I list uh, several more of those uh, secrets in my book. And again, it's the big book of healthcare secrets. You can get it at healthcaresecretspodcast.com. So you and I are both members of Liberty HealthShare, medical cost sharing. Um, This actually bodes really well for medical cost sharing and then alternative methods of, of health insurance that could be coming on board pretty soon. Um, it's, it's actually, it, it's, it, it's really becoming more, I guess, I guess you'd call it more populist. It kind of makes more sense for people. It, it, it totally does. Again, it's bringing the power back to the consumer. Um, you know, if you think about it right now, I think the pricing has gone so high and we don't even know what it is or has been hopefully that'll change soon now but without knowing the price but knowing that it's exorbitantly high we avoid going to the doctor i mean even with liberty health share the deductible we have it's like well it's not worth it you know i have a horrible breakout on my face for example i have all this acne all of a sudden and i want to go see a doctor and find out what's going on but then you, you think about it, it's like, well, I don't want to spend a thousand bucks on that. You know, I'd rather just like uh, eat well and, and get plenty of rest and, and give it a week if I have to. But um, now with, the, you know, with this, um, with these changes and we bring tra- uh, price transparency back, then I can get online and I can shop and say, hey, I can actually do this for $200. That's all I'm going to pay. Or, you know, let's say I, I want to go to a naturopathic doctor instead of a regular doctor. Well, now that I, you know, I can take my um, healthcare uh, dollars you know, from a, a medical cost-sharing program, and I can go to a naturopathic doctor and get supplements instead of drugs. So there's going to be a lot more choices, and this is so much what we need. I would agree. And then uh, talk briefly about when I talked to Elena about the fact that we, we've got this freedom, but we also need to take the responsibility. And my fear is, is that everybody likes the idea of, oh, yeah, we want low-cost insurance, but we don't want to take the responsibility to keep costs down ourselves. And I think with what this is doing, and hopefully we're right, is that it's going to create more responsibility for the average person. So if you want to keep costs low... You've got to do something, too. John, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think you have to have incentives, and that's a behavioral issue. And that might take some time to change. But thankfully, I I think a lot new technology is coming online with all the trackers and the watches. And new things are coming out every day. You know, where you it's not just uh, tracking your steps. That's what it started out with. You could get a Fitbit or an Apple iWatch. Now we know we have heart rate, but they're even developing uh, new devices now that will measure the blood sugar level. 
um, for example, which is very important to know. That's very non-invasive and very quick and very simple. And we'll have to work out the privacy issues, um, I'm sure. But how nice would it be to have a tracker that reads all your um, uh, indicators and uploads that information up into a cloud where it's protected, you know, by blockchain or whatever it is. And you can call a doctor or even use a telemedicine doctor and they can type in a code and bring up everything that day. Um, that'll just be awesome. But yeah, I mean, the, the behavioral changes will take time because obviously, like you said, that when people have insurance, we, we've been lazy. We've ha handed out, we've outsourced all of our health care to this big, you know, complex medical system that we have. And now you're right. With this new freedom, we have to start thinking about that. And, and the onus is on us to really start managing our health, thinking about what we eat, thinking about taking supplements instead of drugs, um, exercising, getting enough sleep, um, having positive thoughts and positive energy. All of that is so important. Um, so... I do think that'll take some time though. I do, but I, but I also think that the, the thing that's the problem for many, uh, especially many Americans, is the fact that it's the media. And here's what's here's what's amazing. Uh, and you know I'm writing a book called Informed, Not Inflamed on the Media and Media Bias. And I talk about the entertainment and sports bias that gets us too involved in the drama of the battles in politics and not the real substance. I also talk about the sponsor bias where news outlets cater to those paying the bills, in other words, the advertisers, and not the audience's need to know. This, to me, is a case of what I would call sponsor bias. When the executive order was announced, you and I both went, wow. But crickets from the media, except for maybe the print publications. Give me your thoughts on that, because Elena talked about that. And she's saying, you know, big medicine is involved with big media. And until we get the message out to people to take that responsibility, it's not going to happen. Give, give me your thoughts on that because I know you've got some thoughts. Oh, absolutely. I, I think Elena is, is exactly right. And, and I appreciate that question because I, I totally see that. Um, you know, this is like what are the, the, the top absolutely. news stations are owned by six companies. It's I like think. the healthcare industry. Um, yeah. So it's just huge. <laughs> And right, yeah, and, and now we know that uh, a large percentage of our congressmen and women, um, there's a large group of, you know, corporatists that they want to go to single payer. And they keep promising that single payer is a solution. And here's the thing, you know, this is kind of funny because um, I actually compare this, um, like, let's take um, the Democrats right now, the leading Democrats that are running uh, for president. They want single-payer health care, right? Socialized medicine. And what's funny is that if you think about it, it's kind of like our health care treatment protocols. And what I mean by that is that if you have a symptom and you go to a doctor today, what do they do? They give you a drug to treat that symptom, to manage it, not cure it. They don't want to get to the crux of the problem. Let's identify where that symptom is animating from, and then we'll, we'll cure that. So you won't have that system, uh, symptom anymore. Well, it would be great if our political leaders in Washington would have the same view about these issues. 
Healthcare is a big problem. But for us to give up and say, you know what? It's too big. Um, it's a human right. Let's hand it over for the, uh, to the government to manage. Again, that's treating the symptom. So you know what will happen? And this always happens. That's why, you know, um, th- that's always a big concern for me. I know it sounds it sounds nice. It's like the uh, the Odyssey and the siren, the, 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 what's that called? The, um, the siren call, right? The siren song. Um, it sounds wonderful. I don't have to worry about health care anymore. The government's going to pay for it. Taxpayers, I don't have to worry about it. So they're promising that it's going to be great. But what happens when the planners in Washington promise that it's going to be great and it turns out it's horrible? So what do they do? Do they double down or do they say, you know what, I've made a mistake. This socialized medicine is not working. Let's, let's try something else. They never do that. They've bought into their idea. Yeah. It, it, instead, they like double down and create a problem somewhere else. Um, that's my fear. That's my view anyway. So I would rather for the people to figure it out, start changing some of these policies around the edges that make the whole cabal kind of collapse on itself and we have to rebuild. and But rebuild on the ideas of more free choice, consumer, you know, from the patient up instead of, you know, from the healthcare community down and um, provide more choices. And if we do that, you know, the, we, through the market, there'll be more competition and prices can start coming down. Um, you and I have witnessed that, and that's part of what my book is about, is that there's solutions out there that are tremendously inexpensive. We talked with uh, Mary Jones, a member of Health uh, City Cayman Islands. They're on the Cayman Islands. It's a beautiful hospital, top-tiered. Some of the best doctors in the world, they list all their prices, and you can get a full hip replacement there for $13,000. Which is which is $37,000 less than what you get in most places in the United States. Yes. So when, when you let the market solve problems, they they do. You know, they, they solve problems. Are there things around the edges that need to be taken care of? Of course. Are we saying that, you know, a poor person or a low-income person shouldn't have health care? No. We, we, you and I don't believe that. We believe they should have the, you know, the best care that they can get. Absolutely. So how do we get there smartly that's best for everybody and not just best for 50% of the population or 30% and of the I, population? And I think you're right. And I think one of the things that this, this is a good first step uh, is, as far as the price controls. I think also, <clears throat> I'll interject this quickly because we've talked about this before, is that we need to take care of catastrophic care so that if somebody has something horrible that happens to them, they don't go bankrupt. On the other hand, when it's non-elective, and I talked about this with Elena, is that when it's, non- when it's elective, I should say, uh, and non-emergency, then that's when the free market should kick in. So we need to make sure that there's catastrophic care, but we also need to to be able to allow the free market to dictate and keep the price controls down uh, so that everybody can afford that. And to me, and, and I agree with you 100% about Medicare for All, Medicare for All should not be a single choice. It should be an option. If you want to have it, that's fine. Go take a look at it. But you don't have to go into it. Let's create other options that the free market will create for us. Yep. I mean, if you think about it, we're all at different stages in our life in different, you know, uh, 
health and genetic makeups. We're, we're, we're so, we're all so different, right? I mean, you and I, our healthcare is not going to be the same of a 20 year old athlete, right? It's just natural. So how can we design, like take control a system that's right for everybody? Um, we have, you know, again, we have people at different income stages. They can't afford a lot. So I agree with that approach is have a, a multi-tiered approach in like provide everything. So everybody has the healthcare when they need it. But like you said, if you like Medicare for all and that's your option, it's available to you. Um, if you want a, a free market option and you, you don't want to go to a doctor, you want to go to a homeopathic doctor, go to it. It's your choice. You have that available. Um, but you're right about the catastrophic care. You know, somebody hits, gets hit by a bus, they need to be taken care of, and they should not go bankrupt for that. I agree. Well, the great thing about this, my friend, is that uh, as we wrap this up, is that uh, there are solutions out there. We, we just got to bring them to them. And the great thing about what we're doing here is we are bringing them a lot of solutions. That's always been my focus, and that's what you'll get in my uh, big book of healthcare secrets. All right, my friend, appreciate it. And special thanks to Dr. Elena George. Again, her book is Big Medicine, The Cost of Corporate Control and How Doctors and Patients Working Together Can Rebuild a Better System. Her website is Dr. Elena George. That is D-R, Elena, with an E, E-L-A-I-N-A, George.com. And uh, also, thanks for tuning in to the Healthcare Secrets Podcast. Again, go to healthcaresecretspodcast.com. You can also get Judd's book, as he mentioned there. Also, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Folks, remember to stay healthy on your terms. Judd, another great show. Certainly was, John. Thank you. All right. And folks, we'll talk to you next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.